0: soccer props and it's game time. What up, Lady Ballist? What's up, what's up? Happy Friday, guys. We have a very special guest today, Lori Lindsay. Lori played in the NBA sale. She played overseas. She played on the U.S. Women's National Team and now she's a commentator. I mean, there's nothing she can't do, and that includes hiking one of the hardest mountains in Canada with us. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Which we have to talk about, because that was wild. That was the
1: first time we met her, too. So we were, like, not even able to breathe while we're talking to her. While we're, like,
0: trying to get to know someone. Um, But, yeah, so I I feel like it'll be nice to catch up with her um, and just learn about what she's doing now with commentating and, yeah, what's going on with the NSL and the national team now her thoughts. So enjoy everyone. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Go. How are you? <laughs> yeah, great. How's everyone? Good. Long time no see. I know. It's been too long. We were, we were just reminiscing about our um our grass grass ground. Was that the what it was? Grass it? grind. Grass grind.
2: Oh, yeah. I was wondering. Something popped up like a, a photo <laughs> of that for me in my phone or something and I was like, what was that called? That was oh my what God. We doing? so ridiculous. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. for the lady ballers who don't know what the grouse grind is, um, in 2015, we were at the Women's World Cup in Canada, and we met Lori Lindsay for a shoot that we were doing, and we decided to hike this two-mile <laughs> mountain. It, it took us like an hour and a half, right? What,
0: what was the vertical like, on it? It was
1: like, like
3: 2,800 feet yeah. and, and two miles, was, which is extremely yeah. steep. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, we're trying to talk to her as we're going up this mountain, and we're being filmed. And we're just out of breath the entire time. So it was just such a funny experience. I, I would okay.
2: do it again. I would totally do it again.
1: Yeah. That, that's the pro athlete in you. That's,
2: well,
3: what's, what's what funny is. is that before we went with you, we, had, we went like the day or two before to test run it. Do you remember that? Yeah. So we did the whole thing and then we knew what we were getting ourselves into <laughs> with you. Yeah. We were like, here we go again.
2: <laughs> so anyway, where are you right now? I am in Philadelphia. So that's where I live. And so, not typically, I would have quite a bit of travel, but obviously, given the circumstances, yeah. like has been reduced quite a bit. So, yeah, just chilling in Philadelphia and hanging out and sometimes calling games um, from the studio, but also sometimes in my house. Which was yeah.
1: <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that. Like, do you just watch the game as, as everyone else is on the TV, or do you have a separate, like, video screen that you're looking at?
2: Yeah, no, we, are, we do call it from the same that you all are watching from, but we also have um, the ability, like, it's pretty cleaned up right now because I've had about a month off or so from actual calling games, but I can't tell you in this, like, office room, I had, like, gazillion wires because I had ESPN set up. And it was like they have like we have a talkback box which has all these different things that you can talk to the producers directors we'd have like a zoom monitor so we can see replays and also see our play-by-play and then i also um, work with nashville and mls so i was calling those games and f- for espn we didn't do any on on tv camera stuff mm-hmm. um, but for nashville i did so i had this like huge um light and same thing zoom calling it off of a monitor i mean it was wild so but honestly, talk about pivoting. Uh, yeah. It worked out. And like, there's a few glitches, yeah. right? But like, um, yeah. Sorry, there's a dog barking, and my AirPods are like on their last leg, and it would be terrible <laughs> to put those in. So it, heard, I yeah. thought it was my dog at first. And I was like, oh, maybe
3: it's Carly's dog. <laughs> <laughs> do, you,
0: do you think it was a lot more challenging commentating from home than, uh, go, than traveling and, go, and doing it in person?
2: Well, the in-person, you're there, it's like, it's live, right? You get the the energy of the stadium. Yeah. As an analyst in particular, you can see the entire field. So you can see stuff that's going off, so off, um, off the ball. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more you can get into in terms of like tactics or why certain things are happening compared to sometimes when you're just calling it off a monitor. Um, we do have different camera angles. Mm-hmm. I should say that, like when we have it set up with Zoom, we do get um, – to see kind of like the 18 to 18 so I can still see some different things but it's just challenging um, without the energy so it's really about kind of getting yourself pumped up and like I was gonna the, yeah. se- you gotta celebrate hard by yeah. yourself yeah <laughs> and and I think the only other thing is too is that um, if you're not there with your play-by-play like that's definitely a relationship and so and typically even if you are social distance in a studio you can like wave you can be you know Looking at each other the majority of the time while you're calling games or not, mm-hmm. and um, when you're at home, you're like trying to like in the Zoom box, like. <laughs> but and there's also a little bit of a delay, right? Because it's technology. So anyway, um it's still fun and like it's, it was amazing. More so to figure out how like like ESPN, natural, all these different um, companies could like pivot and make it work, right? And like bring yeah, to it's really people. impressive.
3: Yeah. Did you know that? Or well, in your playing days, did you have an interest in becoming like an analyst of the game and, and calling games or is that just like what ended up becoming the next step for you to stay connected with soccer?
2: Well, originally I was doing like a ton of fitness stuff because that was kind of like my story of growing up in Indiana. Um, I like started strength strength training in high school. So I was like, Oh, I'm gonna um, coach young kids in the gym, help them prevent injury and that was more of like I did that for a couple of years after playing. And I was living in DC at the time was going to buy into a few gyms and start some different programs. And I just realized like, okay, I mean, I like working out, but like, I don't want to spend all my days in the gym. And like, I was feeling further, I needed a little bit of a break from soccer when I finished or retired, but like, I was feeling further away from the game than I wanted to. And I was like, what am I I don't want to buy into gyms. I don't want to be part of like a brick and mortar. And all of this has kind of happened, like, as time went on. And the entire time that I had retired, though, and even before I retired, Kate markgraf sobrero for people who know, like, the 99 World Cup and everything, now the general manager of our U.S. Women's National Team, she was in commentating, and she was always, like, pushing me to get involved, and I was like, oh, now I'm doing the fitness stuff, like, like, I couldn't do two things or something. <laughs> um, I was just kind of, like, denying it, and then when I kind of realized, well, like, you know, this is kind of like our climbing up the mountain. I also climbed Kilimanjaro in 2017. Oh, yeah. Very, Very similar. similar. Wow. wow. Yeah, so so like similar. <laughs> so it was that period of time when I was like, OK, wow. I definitely don't want to be a gym owner. I definitely don't want to be like doing the soccer program full time. Like, mm-hmm. let's take a step back. And then I climbed Kilimanjaro, and that just became a lot more clear. Um kind of sounds cliche, like, oh, you're going to climb this mountain, and then, like, woo! But it's um, kind of how it happened, and then afterwards, I just reached out to some of the people that Kate had put me in touch with um, throughout the years, and I was just like, hey, can we give it a go? And, LOL, so many funny, like, <laughs> it's, like, definitely its own craft, right? Like I was going to say, yeah. were, you,
3: were you, I feel like I'd be absolutely horrific, yeah. like, especially
0: the first nervous. time. Yeah, yeah, How
2: what was that like? Well... I don't think people understand how much of a craft it is like, yes, like I can talk soccer, right? I can talk soccer all day, but you're live. You have to be succinct. You want to talk about the game. You, there's so much study involved to know the players. And also like you have a relationship with your play by play. You have producers, directors in your ear that you're talking back to during the game while you're live, right? There's so many things behind the scenes that are taking place and you have to have inflection in your voice. There's energy, right? There's like for 90 minutes and no, it's terrible. First of all, it was like it was like college soccer that I hadn't seen in a while too. I'm like, whoa, what's happening here? Like <laughs> both defenses are on the 18 yard line. Why are the midfielders dribbling at each other? Like what is happening? And also like it like my play by play guy was like yelling like over the top like there's just so much going on and I was like let's check out this corner kick, right no so it was terrible, it was so terrible. And also, I was like this is exactly what I want to do this is awesome and then I just kept saying yes and that's so cool that opportunities would come and then did
0: yeah. you have to take like classes on, on it or was it just all like just practice and and just doing it more and more
2: most of it at the beginning is is practice and mm-hmm. then now i have like a particular coach that will review games That's with cool. me and it's a lot more like it's just like playing actually it's like all of the lead out watching all them, of them, watching yourself back right hearing different um mm. and so now it's like fine-tuning because i have like reps now and now it's about like okay how can you refine all of those things and there's always something right there's always something yep. in terms of the way you analyze stuff and then also how you speak for 90 minutes too so i was yeah. going to say
3: do you think that you have better knowledge of the game now than when you were a player like not factual knowledge but like from an analytical standpoint and in field vision do you feel like you've got, gotten even more
2: oh that's a uh, that's a really good question yes and no the way that i look at the game is a little bit different like as a midfielder like there's particular players that I'd watch and just watch how they receive the ball, what foot, right. What angles they're approaching the ball. So, and now it's a little bit more of, um, I would say like a holistic view because I'm curious about what's going on off the field, why certain players maybe aren't doing well at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, what is like, I'm using my experience as a player, what it would be like to give some personal, um, thoughts on the game, but also then like, this is what's happening. This is what the coach put mm-hmm. about. Right. So it's a little bit the way that I analyze the game and view it now is, is totally different. So I guess that's how I'd put it.
0: Is it weird? Um, like critiquing your friends. I remember when we spoke with Leslie Osborne, she said it like, you just have to kind, kind of, of like, like step back and, and not take it, like hope they don't take it personal and hope they understand that you're doing your job just like they are.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, it is not so much like I I just enjoy critiquing the game and like mm-hmm. I think most players at that level know if they don't play well and if they get upset they get upset right and now I'm far enough away that there's still like a good amount of players that were I played with and were good friends but there's also like a Sounds number amazing. of players that are coming up that I'm like sorry that's just mm-hmm. not gonna that's not gonna cut it right like <laughs> <laughs> uh, and obviously I'm not there to destroy people because that's like not the purpose purpose is just yeah. to like enjoy it, but also bring the critique on, like, what could be better, but I, what I would say is, is interesting, even in just, like, the last few years, which is awesome, is the fans, Mm -hmm. that it's, like, it is vicious, so there's so much more than just the game, right, obviously, we're in a period of COVID, we're in a um, a period of, like, social um, justice, right, like, there's just, Mm -hmm. and I really feel, like, a responsibility to um, talk about those things, right, in a way that's, like, um, not just giving my opinion all the time, yeah, discussion, yeah, we should be discussing that, and I think there's a responsibility there. But the f- I will tell you, the women's soccer fans are vicious and <laughs> across the board, and it totally makes sense, especially compared to the men's. And um, because we've had to hold like the game and like move the game right. forward and hold it so gently for so long and protect players, right? And fight for equality. I mean, I've been through all of that three pro leagues, women's national team. But goodness, they, like, you say something about a player they like, it is, and it's like, oh, no. they don't agree. They're with super life. passionate. Totally. And they're like, you're wrong, you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, perfect. I appreciate
1: <laughs> it. But you know what's cool? You're just getting them to talk, like, and have a conversation about yeah. it. Like, that's what's so great. It sparks, like, discussion amongst, amongst all of those Facebook groups that I'm part of. Like, yep. I see, like, one person says, oh, they shouldn't have put, you know, so-and-so in the game, and then pe- there will be a thread of people, like, going off, and I'm like, it's yeah. nice to see all the sides. Like, yeah. It
2: and really also, is. Yeah, people are talking about the game. They're curious about it, and it's like, great. That's, that's totally fine. And also, like, that's your opinion, and you've never set foot. So it's yeah. like, it's, yeah. such a, it's fine, but we want people to talk, right? We mm-hmm. want people to talk. Mm-hmm. We want people to be out there. We want people to watch. So it's great.
3: So, Have you noticed the environment and the atmosphere and the games changing uh, from when you played till now? I mean of course obviously yeah the support um
2: the the uh, i would just say that the support that you're starting to see i mean even when we were just talking about the 2015 world cup right like we saw what was it germany beat thailand and i think the opening match in um the thailand i think and also our women's team right like we we won 13-0 in the 2019 but more so in the 2015 because there's been a lot more parody i use that as an example you were seeing teams still wearing some like of the men's, um, yeah, the, the men's hand-me-downs, right? Like you're just like, wait, what's what's going what's going on here? And so it's just highlighted how much of a um, discrepancy there was, and even in a short amount of time, how much that has closed, and the fight to get more federations um, to put more money into their women's team. I mean, I was playing. Pia Sundhage was our coach, right? Now she's a Brazil coach, and they're right. like really pushing for. Um or they have I mean I think there's some like inner workings there, but like the pay equity in Brazil yeah. for the women. But then is gonna take the knowledge that she learned from us and what that was like and bring it there. So you're just gonna see the gap continuing to close and the game's better. The game the players are better, the game's better. It's amazing. Absolutely.
1: So are you going to be
2: covering the challenge cup at all? Yeah, I hope so. Are- I hope to do all of that, yeah. Um, I mean, they're still like figuring out all the details. We don't even have a schedule or anything. Mm-hmm. So um, we just did the NWSL draft, um, gosh, when was that? Two weeks ago now, mm-hmm. a little week and a half ago. So, which was awesome and like really successful draft um, for the league, in my opinion, even though it lasted five plus hours. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, I saw that I saw <laughs> yeah.
1: on,
0: on Twitter. People were saying, they are like, yeah. oh my God, it's five hours. Yeah, we're still
2: <laughs> um, You were uh, in person for that, right? Yeah, we were down sure. in Florida at a studio. Nice um so yeah there will be the challenge cup first and then it will have a regular season obviously with like a little bit of i think i think there's gonna be a break for the olympics um so yeah so
1: are there are there any standouts that we're expecting to see like be top players you think in the nwsl coming up like like Uh, new rookies
2: yeah well you know emily fox she's been called in with the national team she went number one um i think that she'll do well she was my number one in the fact that I think she was the best coming out in terms of being able to step on in the field and play immediately. Uh, I think there's in that top, top 10 that, um, went in the first round. I think there's a lot that will, that will have huge ceilings and can do well. Um, you know, the Washington spirit, uh, shows Trinity Rodman, which I think was like a huge surprise for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know she doesn't want to go by it, but if, People are listening. Then it's Dennis Rodman's um, daughter, so mm-hmm. name there. Um, but she hadn't even played in in college because obviously of COVID this past fall, she would have been a freshman, hence up foot, and then declared for the draft. And I mean, there was a lot of inner workings behind the scenes with the spirit and her, but and her family, an agent. But yeah, it'll be it'll be curious. She has some U twenty experience, um, and but still like pretty unproven. But uh, mm-hmm. so I think that. was um, – it's just an interesting, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Surprising interesting choice. I mean, that's what you love to see, right? Like now mm-hmm. teams are getting to places where it's really difficult for players to step in and make an impact. So mm-hmm. like, okay, let's go for somebody young that we can hope that can get a few goals for us. And like, then we can help mold, right? Mm-hmm. And like yeah. really kind of buy their time.
1: It's kind of wild. Like that would back when we were playing like that would be so risky for somebody to just not go to school and go straight to the NWSL it's so I mean that's the one upside of of seeing that it's pretty cool like how that's something that they can do for a living you know
2: um that's pretty wild that's the thing that's like I mean we could debate about that all day right like there's people that are like absolutely don't leave and you know Uh typically I'm I'm kind of on both sides. I'm like, yeah, hey, if you have the chance, go. And that makes more sense for you. I think it's an individual basis. I think the risky part is is that there isn't any guarantee. This isn't like a million-dollar signing, right, that we see yeah. in a lot of the men's sport. And so mm-hmm. that's what, if you can get your school paid for and be in school majority of the time, then I'd probably be an advocate of that still. But for Trini Rodman, it sounded like her and her family and agents, like, had, like, spoken about it and really took time to like figure that out and this was her best route now yeah this is why not
0: yeah true this is probably a dumb question but has anyone ever gone pro and then gone back to playing college is that even allowed no not in terms
2: of well you can in terms of school right um, but but you can't go back to playing yeah so for instance like trinity rodman since she still has eligibility as a um, or had eligibility as an NCAA athlete mm-hmm. once she declared though even if she didn't get drafted she wouldn't be able to go back and play that's so risky wow. scary but that's why like there were so many inner workings behind yeah. the going on that would like solidify that that was going to be the pick right? Yeah. Like, right oh we hope i get picked if, like, yeah
1: if I, was, if I was in her position i would try to find a way to do because like everyone's doing remote learning right now so it's like is there any way it could be that flexible where you can do both? Like, not, not uh, get a college degree and play pro, it's not allowed, but
2: um, you know what I mean? Like, it's interesting to continue. No, you can do. You, yeah, can, you can do, do that. that. For instance, like, I think that, I don't know whatever com- came of it, but I think the spirit, we're trying to work out some sort of deal with, like, uh, probably local college. Um, oh, it's great. It become, like, for instance, the Seattle Sounders and, and Major League Soccer, they have, um, who is it with? is it Seattle U, they have a deal that they, if they pick somebody that still has college eligibility, they will pay for their school because it's in-state. That's awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. So you'll start to – I don't think all endless teams do that, but Hmm. I think that you'll start to see um, more and more teams, and and we might even see that um, in the the Bissell going forward too.
0: Do you think that COVID had a big impact on this draft? Like were there more players who just didn't want to – worry about college and maybe playing who were just like, I'm just going to go to the league now.
2: Uh, I think it was actually, well, yes, the COVID did have a huge um, factor in this draft and, and more so though, it was like, okay, it became really tr- tricky because the, almost everybody just became eligible. <laughs> if you had played three years yeah. or um, I think if I remember, then you just became eligible for the draft, even if you registered. Right. And so there was a lot of like, you had to do, at least uh, we did too as broadcasters, but the coaches had to do a lot of their work to make sure because players could decide if they were going to go immediately, which is report like February 1 when preseason starts, or play this spring season because a lot of the colleges are playing, or all of them Mm -hmm. hopefully are playing a spring season, and then report to your NWSL team if you did get drafted in May. So it was like February, May, or I'm going to play and stay in the fall because I want to play my actual my senior year right mm-hmm. or my or excuse me their extra year of eligibility that the NCLA granted to all these players um, so like a lot of teams had to decide weigh their options and without making this even longer I'll give you an example like Louisville they're expansion teams so they need players that can show up and play now because they have to mm-hmm. fill out their roster so again Emily Fox great choice as their number one because she's probably gonna have a big impact and she's gonna show up right at the beginning of February and be ready to play. Whereas like North Carolina, you could put um, Portland in there, even maybe the Spirit. There's some teams that had like their rosters filled out essentially, and they might get some players that will come immediately, maybe February or um, May, or they might just hold that person's rights because they know they're going to play next fall and then look to sign them um, before the preseason next year. So many moving parts. Yeah, Sorry. I mean it's wild. It's wild. Like we don't need to get into all that. But that's, that's why it probably took five and a half hours, though.
0: <laughs> it did.
2: Like, this, it was, we were like asleep. We the next day. So
0: that's no. crazy. No. Do you have any um, NUSL teams that you think are going to do
2: really well next season? I think that um, Portland looks good. Um, they won the fall series um this past year so we had the challenge cup and then we had like kind of like little pockets of games for teams mm-hmm. um in the fall series so they won the entire fall series they did really well uh i will be interested about north carolina because they've lost some key players have a mm-hmm. has gone to man city Crystal dunn's in portland but um i know you all know paul riley and i played for mm-hmm. paul so anytime yeah. you know like listen if you're winning the league for three straight years it's really like how do you consider continue to call yourself underdogs, even though that's what he does. But now they <laughs> actually a little bit more of an underdog because they've lost some players even though they're, they have some good international signings. They're out.
1: back at the underdog stage. <laughs> yeah, like it's kind
2: of like you're lying, but OK. We'll go <laughs> with it. But um, I mean, I would never count his team out. So mm-hmm. and then Houston. Houston was awesome. They won the Challenge Cup. I think they're really building um, some interesting stuff. And then I'd also put the Spirit. Spirit got some good. Emily Sonnet, um, who else? Kelly O'Hara in the off season. They might be gone for the Olympics, but um, still, those are integral pieces to to that team. So
3: excited for another Challenge Cup! I feel like that was such an entertaining, like jam-packed little bracket series. That must have been wild.
2: Oh yeah, like every single game for for us too. But like then for them to be in in the bubble playing every few days, I mean, you just felt like it was just different than anything in the league, right? And they players opportunities cause you had to rotate players to just keep everyone safe and healthy especially mm-hmm. with the amount of time off and it's tournament style and like in the U.S. we love that stuff so yeah, it's like, yeah awesome. we're impatient
3: we need <laughs> you wait you called every game of that
2: yeah we were down in Florida and we called it every single game I gotta it be like,
3: like that's a lot of soccer that's
2: oh it was so much soccer. And, and like listen I love soccer I can watch soccer but I'm not one of those people that also like remembers every little thing you know how sometimes coaches are like lord remember two <laughs> <months."> <laughs> and like, and like, no i actually don't right and like but that happened to me so how do you remember and i don't mm-hmm. and that's kind of what this was like i couldn't remember like two games before because there was yeah. just so much soccer being played yeah. i'm like know i'm like who won that game like yeah Houston's winning? okay great like i it was just so much like jumble everywhere that i was yeah. like by the end yeah. it was like Go team. No, I, I have no so much soccer. Res-
1: I have so much respect for you guys. Like you have to be so mentally sharp. Like I am so absent minded. Like I know, I as, be- as you saw in the beginning, I would mesh the games together and then I would forget to show up. Oh,
2: yeah. So. yeah like, <laughs> like I mean, it, it, it was so fun and I love it. So it's like it's like doesn't even feel like work, right? But there was some times when you're just like, I, I'm I've made up a few words. Like I don't that's not even <laughs> <a word. laughs> Do you remember okay. any of those? <laughs> any oh, of the oh new, new words? <laughs> or most of it. I God, I've made up so many, I didn't even know where to begin. And then, so I don't know if I'd have one in mind, but most of it is either like you lose train of thought sometimes because we would have our games because they were, in, the bubble was in Utah. So, and we were down in Florida in a studio. So it was like 12.30 and 10 p.m. at night. So we were these games. Oh, so we'd go 12.30, 10 twelve thirty ten, 12.30, 10 the next day. So it'd be like like a quadruple a game mm-hmm. and then we'd have two days off and then do that again that was like what we did for a month wow. and so by the the third and fourth game the next day it's like you're just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh but no, you're just loose train of thought you're like i don't even know what i was saying to you and like yeah,
0: yeah. when we were i forget who we were interviewing maybe it was rachel Daly or so and we were like you guys should have a reality show but you guys should have a reality show too oh yeah I mean, that would be really cool yeah. like all yeah. the behind the scenes on that like kind of like the newsroom on like hbo literally see yeah that I'll pitch it. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Okay. Perfect. Let's do it. Because (laughs) this isn't like you just show up, right? For the game, like you're there two plus hours before you're there. It's like there's so much inner workings behind the scenes that, like, yeah, it's so cool that that you stayed
1: in the soccer world. And we we've often like bringing this up because, like, our the lady ballers that are listening, a lot of them, you know. They might not end up playing pro, but they still want to be in the soccer world or the sports world. So this is just another route that they can go that they can be very involved and in, on top of what's going on and feel a part of the soccer um game, you know, moving yeah. forward in their future.
2: Yeah, it's you know, and when you were asking about like how much the game has changed, like we guarantee that there's gonna be so many more opportunities. We're always seeing, like I had mentioned Kate Margraff, right? She was in the broadcast world for a long, long time. Um, and now she's a general manager of our U.S. women's national team. Um, Brian McBride, who is a former U.S. men's national team, is the general manager of our men's U.S. national team. So historically, there's been a lot of opportunities for men when they retire to stay involved in the games, whether it's general manager positions, somewhere in the front offices, broadcast, whatever it looks like, right, and um, coaching, and we haven't really seen that on the women's side for one reason or another, but now as the league gets more stable as – there's leagues across the world become more stable and um functioning at a higher level I think we'll see so many more of the former players getting involved whether again in this broadcast or front office stuff whatever it looks like right so totally that's one of the reasons that's what changed a lot too which is cool I love that
3: do you have any advice for people who have stopped playing and like because you feel like a piece you like we define ourselves as players and then when the playing stops we don't know how to define ourselves anymore do you have any advice for people who have either you know had their final senior senior game or maybe they're playing and are going to retire like how did you cope with that
2: and kind of find your next steps yeah i mean it's weird because you go from like you know, like you have all these friends to like no friends because you're like where's everybody like, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and then for me it was interesting ha- having the opportunity which i was so grateful for playing at the highest level but like that's operating at like the 1%, like every day is like cutthroat, right? You're at training. It's like the smallest little details are separating you from the person next to you to fight for positions, even though they're your best friends. And so when I retired, I was still like operating like that. I was like, okay, like, even, like the fitness industry, I got to get better. I got to get all this knowledge, right? And like work my way up. And everyone's like, what? Chill out. like you. Yeah. Have... And these are people that weren't even necessarily involved in soccer, right? These are people that I was doing some of the fitness stuff with that were like no chill out you have all this experience that you can like talk about right and utilize and so my advice would be if you have the opportunity because I understand not all of us are in the same positions but like see what what you want to do like there's so many avenues for soccer and like I knew I wanted to stay involved somehow I just didn't know exactly what that looked like and obviously I've detoured and pivoted Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's important because 'Cause for me it was like I was still on this like one track like I had with like me playing all of a sudden you just have like this whole world. And I think that's what feels daunting, but also it's also can be like, Yes, okay, the the avenues that are meant for me will start to like become more clear if I just like kind of chill out. And so I would unless you know exactly what you want to do and you're clear on that, then I would say just enjoy being having a lot of opportunities and feel some different things out and so many avenues and there's contacts and reach out to people so. chilling out is some really good
3: advice because it's true like we don't know when mm-hmm. to how to shut off the switch of like yeah
2: feeling like you need to compete yeah. every second of the day and and i'm talking from like a national team perspective but that goes to anywhere that can be elite um club level that can be college right i mean it's all the same it's the the same it's what that person's experience is right so it's just like yeah chill out there's there's definitely a lot of opportunity I mean that could be advice for all of us around the world (laughs) (laughs) definitely I feel (laughs) like COVID
0: taught us like everyone needs to learn how to pivot a little bit too like if you're so tunnel visioned and focused Mm it's you know you're gonna cause yourself more anxiety and just negative thoughts and then if you can just kind of open up your ideas of things like it's gonna it's gonna lead you to have more experiences
2: yeah yeah for sure I agree completely.
0: And what are your thoughts on the um, on the national team right now? Current roster? Anyone you want to see at the Olympics? Anyone you don't want to see? I don't know if you want to say
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, I'm coming back, so get out of there, midfielder, so. um <laughs> You know, I think the one that oh, that everyone's been talking about is um, Macario, and like, what an exciting, what uh-huh. exciting player! And also, like, probably like we can all chill out and like this is so exciting and like. Allow her the time and space to like flourish and continue to to grow for sure um, but yeah, I think this is probably one of the most exciting teams that we've ever seen, just across the board the depth and it's a it's a conversation that that has been happening or at least was happening in these past two games about like no one wanting to be in black post' position to make this because there's going to be some really difficult decisions, especially if you just think about like a twenty three player roster from the world cup and then if you just cut that down to 18 and that doesn't even include yeah. katarina macario the foxes right all these other young players that have didn't didn't play in that world cup and that are available now so really tough but also i think what i love about this team is it gives you a variety of different ways like you can play in a 4-3-3 play in 3-5-2 mm-hmm. you can Still talking about Macario who I'm excited about she can play in the number nine position she can but that w- is more fluid than a typical nine she can drop back and play in a ten and so there's just so much I think versatility and fluidity within this group that we haven't seen in a really long time that's um and so it'll just be about how Blacko and his staff utilize that and what that looks like um but yeah I think it's a it's it, it's an exciting time because not only is our team continuing to get better, I think, um, but they're, or not, I think they are, but also we're seeing the rest of the world change as well. Yeah. And there's funding. So we'll see ebbs and flows with teams, like Japan kind of in more of a rebuilding phase than they had been in the past. So you'll see ebbs and flows, but still um, exciting, really exciting times for women's soccer. Are you going to go Do you know I'm so- hoping to call. Yeah, um, games. Awesome. Yes. So fingers crossed. Um, however, given the situation and how it typically works, I don't think that we would necessarily travel. Mm-hmm. We just call from the studio from, from here. Um, but yeah, but hell, I don't care. Like, I yeah. Mean, yeah, that'd yeah, be that's so
0: really important.
1: Yeah, that'd be <laughs> like, so
2: fun. These are like the best players. Like, please,
0: yes, I want to yeah. play games. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I want to take yeah. it back to when you were on the national team and just do like a couple like rapid fire, not really too rapid fire. Um, do you have a, like, favorite moment on, when you were on the team? I'm sure you have a bunch uh, of favorite moments, but is there one that yeah. maybe like, you haven't talked about as much?
2: One that I haven't talked about. I'll tell you one of the wildest uh, situations that has been talked about, but it was just to think about it. It's like, um, so we went to Cancun, and it was, like, the worst trip. Well, it was, like, the best trip turned to the worst trip. Cause we had qualifiers in 2010 in Cancun for the world cup for 2011 world cup. And we're like, yes, we're in this resort. Everything is great. And then we lose to Mexico in the semifinals and only two teams from CONCACAF go. So since we lost in the semifinals, it was like this massive freak out. So we had to travel to Italy to play in a um, like a play-in game, right? So it was a home, uh, away, and home game. So we played in Italy over Thanksgiving, or right before Thanksgiving, flew back, and then we played um, at Toyota. I think uh, is it still Toyota Park in Chicago, right? Yeah. So we play. Um, we played Italy at home, but in that away game, right? It was zero zero. I think the entire time until um, like the last few minutes of the game, and I was sitting next to Christine Lilly because she was right before she was retiring and Lil kept like harping and just like going after the assistant referee. Right. And after like, all of a sudden, like the ref center ref, like stops the game and like comes over and like points at me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I get a yellow card. Right. No. (laughs) But like, listen, so I get this yellow card and I mean, it became a big joke, but that time bought us a few minutes. As extra time, and we end up X Morgan ended up scoring, and that away goal was massive because if we would have gone into the home into the home game in the U.S., it would just put a lot more pressure. But because that away um, away goal, then Italy was going to have to like at least win the game in front of. The, so anyway, we joke about the the that yellow, yellow card, card that I got. That was actually for Christine Lilly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so much crap on the sidelines uh, <laughs> as like the game changer to get us in and then obviously the rest is history we all know that like we went on and then you up know, losing to japan in the final and penalty kicks but still we were like the last team in and then like the last uh, team out of the that world. is hilarious <laughs> yeah. did,
1: did did you have any best friends on the team at the time
2: oh, yeah i mean megan rapino and i were inseparable for so many years um yeah i mean always bus mates hanging out sat and right behind um christy rampone and abby wambach all the time and just like Legends. So much, talk so much crap, yeah. Just <laughs> all the time. Yeah, we were just—it was just constant jokes. But um, yeah, I, would, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say that everybody's friends. It's definitely—it's a job, and there's people that you're closer with, and there's definitely pockets, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, myself, uh, Meg, Allie Krieger, ashlyn oh, great friends with. What about hardest
0: moments? Do so you have like a moment that sticks out that was like very challenging when you were on the team? Whether that was an injury. Um, something with the team, something personal and yeah. like how you overcame that.
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I look back, you're kind of like the whole time it's feels challenging because it's mm-hmm. just like, uh, it's, it's a lot, right? Like, especially at that time, because it was some of it, we had leagues other times we didn't, you're on the road a lot. Um, you'd be on the road for like three weeks at a time and it's, it's performance, right? It's performance and, um, hoping the coach likes you. in in a way, right? Like you're under contract and that kind of stuff. So you have an idea, but, um, but yeah, it's like, for a lot of time you're expected to be at your best for 11 months out of a 12 month year. And it's, it's a lot mentally and physically. Um, But I think the toughest probably was, I knew I was getting towards into my career kind of in terms of the national team, but the 2012 uh, Olympics, because I was an alternate. Um, So we still went, we did everything, but I just couldn't play in the games. Um, and that was just tough because the way that I would be, I think, more suited for this type of national team now than I was then, because the way that I was as a midfielder, it wasn't like this. I was going to be running everywhere. I wanted the ball at my feet. I wanted to pass. I wanted to play make right. And that wasn't always, um, suited or, um, Praised all the time on what we wanted. It was like a lot more tackling and getting. That's just not what I was going to do, and so there, that in general. And I wasn't really willing to compromise that because there, actually, there just wasn't. I wasn't going to be like making these massive tackles. That <laughs> <Like, Yeah. like, laughs> <I'm> just wasn't going to work. So, um so I think there's that was probably kind of like the toughest in general. Like the playing style coupled with how like our national team was actually playing mm-hmm. didn't totally mesh right. So my strengths weren't always highlighted in some ways. Yeah, that's and, then, hard. Um, and then that coupled with fortunately being an alternate, but also feel very fortunate for that as well. That's very, we've never heard
0: that. We're like, uh- you can't you can't you know it's difficult to adapt to different styles like in college we're like all right either you have to or you can go to a different college but yeah national team it's like you don't have any other choice so that's really it does sound challenging
2: yeah and it's and it's like yes they're obviously i played on the team for a really long time right and it wasn't like my skills weren't Mm -hmm. valued but they weren't valued as much as like i felt like i had to offer to the team, right? Or yeah. different things, and that's sport, right? That's really yeah. just that's just sport. So um, that's part of it, part of the journey as well.
0: Are you glad the style has kind of changed to that, like the team now?
2: Yeah, I think that was just the evolution. I think mm-hmm. that's the evolution, and I think there's been ebbs and flows. I don't, I, and please hear that I'm not like, oh, my style's amazing, and like <laughs> I just didn't fit in with like this team that won all the time. Like what? <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> actually make any sense either. So it's just. Um, it's more of like, yeah, what the coach is looking for. I mean, every coach has a different idea, right? And then you have this plethora of players that have so many gifts on the field at your hands and at your, um, your, it's just about like how to mesh and what works the best, right? And so, um, yes, I am. I think that shows our national team can even getting better, which is scary to Mm -hmm. think that where we are now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But It's fun to watch there's I think more fluidity I think it's unpredictable and that coupled with like already the competitiveness and the intangibles that separate us every single day from other teams. But it's uh, it's, like just outstanding and actually mind blowing. (laughs) Do you have any advice for players who are in
0: high school or college who are struggling with that with trying to adapt to a different type of
2: style. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, yeah, Ellie Everbush and I would talk about this a lot because we, we played together um, the Washington Spirit and really one of my favorite teammates and, like, players to play with. And I think it's just about staying true to yourself because I, I, I really fully believe if you're good and, like, you, you have the desires – I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, right? There's luck. There's, like, so many different things, the timing – um, but I think if you have the ability to um, just continue working on your skill, have fun with it, and those opportunities will, will open up. So just enjoy. I wouldn't try to, to just adapt to something else, right? Like what can you bring to the table that fits in with how the coach wants to play or the system works and then let your stuff shine within that system if that's, if that's the position you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. I love that. Great. Anything from you, Carl? Anything else?
1: Um, I just want to know if you had any superstitions before you played.
2: Oh, oh totally. I'm <laughs> such a weirdo. Okay? <laughs> I'm not saying just because you have superstitions, you're a weirdo either. But, yeah, I was like such a, like, <laughs> I'm like over the, over in the corner, like, anxiety-ridden, like, oh okay, yeah, here we go. But, like, <laughs> uh, and also not, too. But, yeah, I was putting everything on the right side. I was showering before, shaving every game, like, my legs, right? Everything would go on the right side um, before the left. Um, yeah, I mean... Oh, my God, you're a great example for this because, like, I and some people
1: say they don't have superstitions. I'm like, no, like, there's so many players that have, like, step-by-step routines, like
2: yeah. putting your left sock oh. on before oh, your yeah. right sock and, like, stuff like that. That's and it, it, at, the, at the national team level, it really varies, too. I mean, you see these people, like, oh, and I'm very... Like, talk about, like, another great friend of mine, Heather Mitts, right, like, um, lives outside the Philadelphia area, and whenever a we roommate, she would just... I almost, I don't know if we can cuss on here, but f with me big time, right? Like, so I was so tidy and like, like all my folded <laughs> and stuff, and every time I'd leave the room, no joke, she'd just be throwing my crap everywhere, and it was like just like that yeah, is hilarious. Entertain, right? So it became like the biggest joke, but um, yeah, people's stuffs everywhere, so wide range, right? Yeah. Of- who are like, yes, very particular about what's going on in their yeah. their preparation, and others are like, well, every day. It's like, who knows? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I feel like our team was more like not shaving was our superstition. Yeah. So yeah. I wish yeah, we I mean, had yours.
2: No. <laughs> I think everyone like them more. I like look at my life now, and I'm like, I try not to have the superstition, so yeah. it's like, how would I be now that I've been <laughs> removed for however long? I'm like, huh. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, you
0: change so much, so, but, yeah. Do you have any um, 2021 goals? Whether it's, prof- you know, professionally, personal?
2: Mm, 2020. You know, what's interesting is I feel like I had all these goals when I was playing, and now I'm like, uh, I don't know if I have any goals. Like, is that like that I, it's just like everything changed, like, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more like I'm like, yeah, I. I want to do good and I want to be the best broadcaster that I can and like want people to enjoy the game and like fall in love with it and like um I want to do it at the highest level and I want to have fun. I mean it's kind of like yeah and I want to do like help the world right in whatever way my strengths and um gifts can help so. I love it. Yeah it's kind of where it is these days. (laughs) Well,
0: hopefully we get to hear you commentate some some games this year, maybe in person. Yeah, maybe sure. just on yeah. on TV. Uh, mm-hmm. But thank you so much for coming on. Lori. I really appreciate it.
2: Oh my goodness, I love you all. It's so fun. You bring so much <laughs> laughter to this world. So thank you for all you do too. So this is great. Oh, thank you. Uh, so much. So much.